Hey everyone, and welcome back to Headspace Sessions podcast. My name's Claire, and I'm from the community engagement team here at Headspace Adelaide, and we're coming f- to you from our office. We've moved back since COVID, and we're very excited about it, and we have a newly set up podcast space. Uh, today, our podcast is focusing on borderline personality disorder to align with BPD Awareness Week. The theme of BPD Awareness Week in 2020 is flipping the script and changing the narrative on BPD. So in order to learn more about borderline personality disorder, we'll introduce you shortly to Sam, who has generously agreed to share her own narrative of living with BPD. But before we speak with Sam, I wanted to introduce you to Christy, who is a mental health clinician and who works at the Borderline Personality Disorder Collaborative with a little more to talk a little bit more about BPD. Hey, Christy, can you please explain the diagnosis of BPD to our listeners? Hey Claire, Uh, thanks to Headspace for dedicating a podcast to this important topic. I think it's particularly relevant for the Headspace audience because we know that BPD usually begins in adolescence Mm -hmm. or early adulthood. In terms of a definition for borderline personality disorder, it is a common mental illness and it occurs when people experience significant difficulties in their mood, their identity and also within their relationships. Mm -hmm. While people can have really different experiences of BPD, there's generally a pattern of symptoms which might include strong and intolerable emotions, unstable relationships with others, a fear of abandonment, issues with sense of self, impulsive behaviours, difficulty with anger, self-harm and suicidal thoughts, feelings of emptiness and sometimes experiences of disconnection from reality. Mm -hmm. Thanks for giving us a little bit of an overview around the diagnostic kind of criteria around BPD. Um, Do we know much about the cause and treatments for BPD? Uh, We're still learning about those factors which cause BPD, but there are several contributing factors. A helpful way to understand the causes of BPD is to recognise that there's a combination of biological and genetic factors or vulnerabilities, which then combine with environmental or relational stresses. BPD is treatable and there are evidence-based therapies available which are effective in reducing symptoms and improving quality of life. Thanks, Christy, for giving us a little overview there of BPD. Next, I'd love to introduce Sam as someone with lived experience of BPD, who has agreed to join us today to share their reflections on their experience of BPD and some of the positives associated with the diagnosis, which are often forgotten. Thanks for joining me, Sam. Hey, Claire. Thanks for having me. No problem. So I guess we might start off with what was it like growing up with BPD for you? Uh, So growing up, I was super sensitive and I had a lot of difficulties being on my own. Mm -hmm. Um, I think an emotion that I remember the most as a kid was just being really scared and um, like I had a very negative self image. Mm-hmm. I didn't trust myself and I felt everything I did was just wrong. Um, and I often felt so overwhelmed that I just would have mental blanks. Yeah. But to me, this was normal. I didn't know anything else. And it wasn't until my late teen years that I sort of realized that my feelings and my thinking patterns weren't exactly the norm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think because I grew up in a pretty strict Asian upbringing, I suppressed a lot of these emotions and until I hit puberty and sort of had my first relationship breakup, that's sort of when the floodgates opened and all the emotions came. Um, So I had, you know, uncontrollable and almost unbearable levels of emotion and it wasn't long after this when I was 18 that my partner at the time suggested that I seek professional help. Yeah. That's really great you had that support network there to sort of suggest getting out that help. Yeah, I was really lucky. Yeah. Um, so what was your experience leading up to your diagnosis then? Uh, well, I was pretty nervous because uh, in order to 
go and see a psychologist, it's sort of recommended to get a mental health care plan. Mm. So I did that and I guess talking about mental health was completely against um, my upbringing and that it was a very taboo topic Mm. and yeah, but I got that and since then I have seen five different psychologists and neither none of them could sort of give me a straight answer or diagnosis I had all sorts of things thrown around like major depressive disorder social anxiety bipolar and all sorts of things that just didn't seem to fit Mm. I think because I was extremely high functioning doing competitive level sport I was a social butterfly and I did exceptional at uni that people just didn't seem to think my mental health was that bad um I think after I finished my double degree I went on to work in my profession and it was a pretty stressful job and my stress and anxiety levels just went through the roof and I would reach emotional breaking point over and over. Um, Luckily, I had an extremely compassionate boss and he suggested one day that I um, go and seek psychiatric help Mm -hmm. and sort of get an assessment. And so he put me on to someone that he knew was quite good. And after a lengthy discussion and extensive questioning from that psychiatrist, they suggested the criteria of BPD. So with BPD, there are nine symptoms, only five of which you need to have um, to be diagnosed. And the symptoms which affected me the most were um, fear of abandonment, unstable relationships, extreme emotional mood swings, feelings of emptiness and getting angry really easily. I received my diagnosis of BPD when I was 24. Mm -hmm. So how did you feel when you received that diagnosis? I felt pretty scared. Uh, I had heard of BPD before, but I didn't really know much about it. Uh, But at the same time, I also felt really relieved. I felt empowered by this knowledge because it gave me the capacity to make an informed decision about my own health. I knew what the issue was now and I could seek the relevant treatment. Yeah. I I know that labelling, it can be stigmatising and something that can be quite difficult to remove, but I think it's a really important tool to know what kind of help you need. And with something like BPD, it's complex. It's complex to treat, but with the right health professional attitude and treatment, you can nip this in the bud. Yeah. You've mentioned a little bit about going to see a doctor for a mental health plan and things like that. What was your experience with the healthcare system during all this? Uh, it was it was interesting. Um, I did a lot of research about BPD since the diagnosis and almost every article I read on BPD had some kind of stigma. Mm. Just a simple Google search brings up things like, can a BPD person really be happy? Do borderlines have empathy? Can you date a borderline? Are borderlines manipulative? And things like that. Mm. That's when I started to think, gee, this is a heavy diagnosis. So I worked in um, an administrative role in a healthcare setting, and whenever someone with BPD came in, there were some pretty horrible assumptions are made. Um, things like they were too hard to manage, they're attention-seeking, and they're pretty much a lost cause. Um, often their symptoms weren't taken seriously, and most of the time they were sent to specialist clinics because the health professionals just didn't know what to do with them. Mm. It was pretty awful to witness, knowing that I had BPD too, Um, But I guess I had enough self-worth to know that it was a stereotype and I was consoled by the fact that at least these clients were being sent to a better place to help them. Yeah. Um, The terms manipulative, attention-seeking and dramatic are thrown around a lot with BPD. Manipulative is my favourite one, actually, um, because we use it with such a negative connotation when, you know, being manipulative means that someone has effective interpersonal skills to be able to persuade someone to do what they want. But, you know, people with BPD are more likely to struggle with their interpersonal skills and can look manipulative when they're trying to seek help to manage intense feelings of distress. Yeah. 
That's a really valid point I think you bring up. Um, with some of that stigma, did you do you find it present in the community as well? You kind of mentioned, talked about that in the health setting, but what about in the community? Yeah, I've, um, I've definitely experienced stigma outside of the health community too. Um, it was actually recently I was out with a group of friends and um, some of my friends were talking about someone who was manipulative, irrational and dramatic. And um, someone said, oh, sounds like BPD. I pretended I didn't know what BPD was and I proceeded to say, oh, what's BPD? And their explanation was, it's like bipolar, but much worse. When I mention to people, mainly just my close friends, that I have BPD, I often come across a mix-up between BPD and bipolar. I certainly can see some similarities, similarities, but they're vastly different. People with bipolar tend to have sustained ups and downs in their mood, whereas people with BPD often experience an emotional roller coaster mm. with constant changes in their emotions. BPD is not a disorder many people are familiar with, like anxiety or depression. You tend to hear about those a lot. Mm. And I think the lack of education can exacerbate these generalisations or stigmas about BPD. Yeah, I think you're so right. so right. We tend to talk about general mental health things around the anxiety and depression, but don't always put the spotlight on, on um, things like this. So I guess along those lines, um, when you've sort of talked about your journey and getting the diagnosis, what's been helpful for you with your BPD? Uh, well, once I got, in, got into the healthcare system, after finally finding a psychologist I clicked with, um, my first line of treatment was through those individual appointments. Yeah. Um, we engaged in things like schema therapy, mindfulness and acceptance and commitment therapy. So a turning point in my recovery was learning to accept my thoughts and emotions as they were. Mm. Uh, this doesn't mean liking the thought or emotion, but just trying to sit with it and not change it. Yeah. And that really helped me because I found like I was fighting emotions and thoughts all the time but to be able to sit there and accept it and not try to change it it took away that energy I wasted on those kinds of things um and I guess I realized that those thoughts and emotions they were powerless and that they would eventually pass uh and aside from the individual appointments I also took part in a therapeutic group program earlier this year actually yeah and that provided tools to help people with BPD in managing their thoughts emotions and behavior I loved it it was quite comforting to meet other people with BPD mm. and the group brought together so many different types of people struggling with similar issues but in completely different contexts. The solidarity was great even if we all manifested vastly different responses to the <laughs> BPD. Yeah that's so great you were able to find a community there in that group work. Yeah. So I guess thinking about the future then how do you feel about your future managing BPD now that you've sort of gone through these experiences? Um, well I know that there's always going to be ups and downs. That's mm -hmm. life, even for people without BPD. I guess for me, it's about um, being able to plan ahead, take care of yourself often and use the tools and support you've got to get through it. BPD is a tough diagnosis to have, but people rarely, if ever, talk about the upsides of it. I think there are a lot of strengths and qualities that a lot of people with BPD possess. Resilience, for example, is a huge part of BPD. We have to go through a lot of sh tough shit, things as hard as drug and alcohol addictions, self-harm, feeling suicidal, eating disorders, and so on. We are survivors of trauma, and we've had to learn to manage emotion dysregulations on a daily basis. I also think that because people with BPD experience such great internal turmoil, this allows for the ability to recognise and have greater insight for others. I think that's why a lot of people with BPD are incredibly compassionate and empathetic. And our high sensitivity to surroundings that we learn from childhood means that we're often more aware of other people's emotional states. Finally, I think because we feel so much and have so many intense emotions, when we find something we love or really enjoy, we, we throw so much passion into it. Mm. 
The difficult aspects of BPD are manageable with a combination of psychotherapy, a support network and a long-term commitment. The intensity and irrationality from BPD symptoms is balanced with happiness, creativity and empathy for others. People with BPD are healers, lovers and most of all fighters of their internal pain. No individual with BPD is the same and it is time to flip the script and see people Mm -hmm. with BPD as more than just the diagnosis. Wow, that's so powerful. Um, thank you, Sam, for coming along today and sort of sharing your story. I think um, when we talk about lived experience and shine the light on some of the positives that you mentioned, that resilience, being survivors of trauma, they're being empathetic and compassionate people and awareness of other people's emotional states. I think they're such important and strong things to acknowledge. And I think it's really special. And thank you for coming and sharing that with us today. Thank you. So to finish us off, Christy, are you able to give us a little overview of some resources that people might be able to access if they have any further, want to gather any further information around BPD? Uh, Sure, Claire. Um, I think it's an important point that Sam made around um, Googling information. There's a whole lot of stuff out there, so it's better to... um, look out for reputable websites. So we certainly recommend Project AIR. They've got loads of good resources. Um, There's also BPD SA, uh, Origin and Headspace have got lots of good info on BPD. Um, And our own organisation, the Borderline Personality Disorder Collaborative, also here in South Australia, have got a website um, with lots of info on it. Um, if you're someone who's supporting another person with BPD, there is a carer support group Great. Uh, called Sanctuary in South Australia, um, which they do a really awesome job of supporting carers. Uh, and if you're in need of specific advice regarding BPD, um, in addition to having a look at our website, you're very welcome to give us a call at BPD Co. Wonderful. Um, Thank you both for coming along today. It was great to have a chat and to get a little bit more of a broader understanding around BPD. Um, We'll leave some of those resources in the bio of the podcast, but thank you all for joining us today. 